It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Could you have a little bit more confidence? Hey. Oh, all right. Welcome to our podcast. I'm May. I'm Louise. And we are here to talk about failure and how normal it is. Each week we talk about historical, famous, current, and fan failures. We use these stories to show you you're not so fragile after all. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about the fear of failure and how fucking terrifying that can be. But before we get to that... How did you fail this week? What happened was... What happened was... What happened was is our dogs are a piece of shit sometimes. Um, one of them's nickname is Thundercunt, so that explains a lot. Cuntopolis. Cuntopolis is used when he's <laughs> extra cunty. So, a very aggressive habit both of our dogs have, though, is destroying the fence in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And they roughhouse so hard, sometimes they break panels that would need replacing, and our neighbors are very nice about this. We have very good neighbors, which is, a, like, it's a rarity in most neighborhoods, I feel. Oh, yeah. We yeah. actually love our neighbors. Well, our back fence neighbor, this is when the weekend you guys were gone. Yeah. So yeah. this is why I needed his help. But our backyard neighbor, he texted me and he said, hey, a post is broken. What can we do to fix this? And I was like, oh, my God, I know how to fix the panels, but I don't know shit about fixing the post. He's like, that's Okay. I got it. And he was a true bro. Yeah, he was super, super sweet. So to thank him for keeping me in the loop on what was going on with the post, like he wouldn't accept any money to pay for supplies that he needed, I thought to give him a thank you, we're sorry cake. And the cake (laughs) was real cute and said sorry. And then I got him a a pack of beer because he was out in the hot sun all day replacing this post, which also requires like a lot of concrete and hammers and nails and, and that stuff fence post things and yeah. what have you so i do this but mind you i i get the supplies next to my work and where i work is kind of far away from where yeah. i live it's about 45 minutes so i pick up the cake i pick up the beer i drive all this way home i get stuck in traffic so we're kind of like an hour out at this point i get home i go to get out of my car with the cake like an idiot mm-hmm. and i drop the cake I'm like, fuck me. But the cake is still edible. Like, it just bounced around in its little, like, 
protective box thingy. It just no longer looks like it says sorry. It, I imagine the Hagrid happy birthday cake, and it says sorry. But instead of, like, <laughs> it doesn't even look like it says sorry. It looks like it says, like, 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 don't tell we broke the cake. <laughs> so, and then the cherry on top of that shitty ass cake oh. is the beer is now warm as fuck. So, crap. Like, it's already late in the day, and I have to give him this stuff. And I hope he accepts it. <laughs> so I text him, I was like, hey, can you meet me in the backyard for a second? He's like, yeah, sure, that's great. Um, he doesn't sound like that. I don't like think that. it sounds like that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure, that's great. And anyways, I go and I give it to him, like, I am so sorry about our dogs ruining the part of the fence, and also about what I have done to your cake. <laughs> also, I don't know if you drink beer, I'm going out on a limb. But, like, I, I felt awful because I literally handed this guy a shitty cake and lukewarm beer, like, hey, thanks for free labor. This but- is your prize. I mean, a for effort. I mean, he did. He did text me back later that evening. And he was like, "I've never had this beer. And it's really good, and the cake is delicious." Yeah, uh, I was like, "Dude, yeah, that's all that matters. You got your point across, and you also put your own personal stamp on it." I just like <laughs> as soon as I dropped that cake, I had that same feeling as like that one bitch in Bridesmaids, where she set that cake out for that dude. She, the the actual sorry cake like the carrot uh, and then yeah. she drives back around and sees like raccoons are eating it and, and she's, she's like, like no Bawr. yeah but that was it that was <laughs> there's no moral to that story other than like sometimes you look out and the guy likes the, the like the, cake. the shitty squish cake and lukewarm beer but she tried I did but that was my fail of the week what was what was yours <laughs> mine's pretty embarrassing. So, at my work, we have two doors. We have to go through both big glass doors. And then on the other side is the security desk and the lobby. So, I've been going through these doors for months. I should know these doors. I make it through the first one. Good. Successful. Badge in to go through the second one. And I push instead of pull. And I'm just pushing for a little bit. And people are, like, building up behind me trying to get into work. And then finally my brain is like, oh, yeah, pull. And it's been, like, it feels like 10 minutes, but probably 30 seconds. And then on the other side, the two security guys are just staring at me, laughing, like, what the fuck are you doing? And I do the office humor, and I'm like, Mondays. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) God. It was, I I really feel like your fail of the week should just be that you said, Mondays, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) Did you, like, finger gun it, too? Probably. Oh, my God. I I totally blacked out. I've never been more disappointed in you in my life. That's not the end of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait, there's more. (laughs) So, after this, I have to go up the little spiral staircase that looks over the lobby, and I'm already, like, red in the face, marching up the stairs, like, make this be over, and then I trip on myself because I'm so flustered that I trip up the stairs in my skirt. Don't totally fall, but noticeable trip. And then just fucking power walk to my office. I've seen you noticeably trip before. I would count that as just a full-fledged fall. I didn't land. (laughs) I recovered. (laughs) But I can't look at the security guards anymore, and I'm pretty sure they're not going to look me in the eyes anymore. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, so if you like those fails... Please send us in yours, because good lord, you guys, we're still waiting for those emails to flood in about how you failed this week. We would really love to share it with the world. As much as we love telling you about how terrible we are, 
We want to hear how awful you are, too. In a positive way. Yeah, like, you know, like, just tell us, like, some funny fails if you're too sensitive. Be anonymous. Yeah, who cares? We will make you anonymous. Just, you know. Let us know. Let us help you by helping us. That's how that goes, right? By helping you. By helping you. So, did we, reco- we already covered the fact that this is about the fear of failure, that oh shit feeling. Yeah. Preface, this is about that oh shit feeling when something goes wrong. It's also kind of like that anxiety, that like fight or flight, what do I do in a difficult moment. And we're using two very different companies and current events to explain this. If you are old enough to remember Lisa Frank, Tech Decks, you're old enough to remember the days of Blockbuster. Um, for the rest of you guys, Blockbuster was just like a video rental store. Like a, yeah, like a VHS library. And DVDs. Yeah. That was like later. Towards the end. I, yeah. Okay, Aww. but. <laughs> yeah, but we always went to Blockbuster. Got to fight over the movies. It was fun. But then on the flip side of that is Netflix was just starting out towards the end of Blockbuster. Which, and you brought this up. I could not believe that I had forgotten Netflix used to be something that came in your mail and not something you streamed online. Yeah, so back in the day, so we can start acting old and say back in my day. I refuse to do this. (laughs) Back in my day, before the streaming. (laughs) The streaming? The streaming. That sounds so aggressive and pornographic and like it should be outlawed. You were caught streaming in public. (laughs) Ten years to life. Anyways, before they were streaming to our TVs, they were mailing us DVDs, and they were a pretty new company. Do tell. Ooh, do, pray do tell. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but throughout the early 2000s, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings tried to make a deal with Blockbuster. What was his name? Antico? Antioco. Antioco. John Antioco. Um, who was the CEO of Blockbuster, to purchase Netflix for $50 million. And it was more of a partnership than a purchase. He proposed that Blockbuster would run brick-and-mortar stores, and then Netflix would run the online business and the mailing DVD shit. And then Blockbuster would kind of promote them in-store and stuff like that. So the meeting did not go well. And according to a Forbes article... Hastings got laughed out of the room. Blockbuster was not having it. They were not about Netflix. So obviously, obviously, Antico decided to pass on Netflix's offer. He believed that Netflix was just like a small niche business and was kind of a fad. And we know the final outcome of this. Blockbuster's gone. Yeah, I know. Like, like you mentioned before, if you don't know about Blockbuster, it's probably because you're too young because it's been gone since 2010. Yeah, yeah, it's been a done deal for a while. You know what's awful is, like, in my old place, you can still drive by that, like, uh, haunted blockbuster ghost store that still has, like, the like the overshadow of blockbuster, yeah. like, hung there. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? I've I, seen a few of those. I'm pretty sure South Park made a whole episode about it. it was like, like, the dead blockbuster yeah. stores. <laughs> I know one was now a pizza shop, the one I used to go to, and then another is a daycare. Both of those are depressed. So, after the failure of Blockbuster, people saw Antico as stupid or a failure because he was the long-running CEO, but Antico was actually, he was super smart, very successful. He was one of the best executives at the time. Blockbuster was doing great. He knew his business and he knew his industry. So he was doing what he was supposed to do. And his core of his business, 
It was late fees. In 2000, they made $8 million alone on late fees, which was 16% of their total revenue. So partnering with Netflix would disrupt this cash flow because Netflix was more of a subscription-based company. They didn't charge all those crazy late fees. They just wouldn't send you the next DVD, basically. You know, it makes sense that they made so much money off of late fees because I remember my dad, like, literally, he was not an angry man normally. Mm -hmm. But when late fees were rolling around real quick... Yeah. He got serious about shit. No, I remember my parents would get mad if we forgot about a blockbuster, like, movie, and we didn't return it. They were they were pissed if it disappeared in one of our rooms or something. It's a whole thing. It's a lot of money. Like, hell, I'm gonna pay for their exactly. life fees. That's coming out of your allowance that I don't give you. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they throw in a college fund situation. Oh, that's where your college fund went. Okay. Actually, I don't think I ever got one, but... No, they just blamed it on things. That would have been a waste of money anyways. Oh, <laughs> But Antico made the best choice he could with his current knowledge at that time on the rental industry. Of course, he thought Netflix was just like a fad and it wouldn't pick up steam and it wouldn't be successful and it would just kind of disappear and Blockbuster would keep like dominating that shit. I just saw Netflix like in a like a leather strap on, just hanging over like Blockbuster, like I'm going to dominate you. Uh, so, I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> Can someone draw that, though? <laughs> yeah, send in some fan art if you don't send anything else in. <laughs> Just Netflix fucking blockbuster. <laughs> so, around 2005, a few years later, Antico realized, oh, shit, Netflix and Redbox are actually super successful, and this is something we have to compete with. And he presented this whole plan to the board, and he was like, look, guys, we gotta get rid of late fees, we gotta be more competitive, we gotta do this, we gotta do that. And the board just saw, we're not going to make that money anymore. And they were like, nah, man, not doing it. That's a lot of money. Uh, so shortly after, Antico was fired over a compensation dispute that blew up on top of the board already questioning his leadership. Wait, were they questioning it because he wouldn't originally Be- partner with Netflix or? No, because he wanted to change the structure and they didn't. Oh, yeah, okay. They were, they were not about it. They're like, our, we make our money off of that late fee. So they refused to get rid of late fees because yeah, so they, it wasn't, all they saw was their wallets getting thinner. It wasn't entirely his fault. It still was his fault. Because all this could have been prevented had he not laughed in the face of uh, Hastings, right? Yeah, if he just considered Hastings' offer. So Forbes had a a nice statement about his failures. First, he failed to realize how quickly a niche idea could snowball into a viral cascade. Second, he failed to construct a network that would carry his idea of change throughout his organization. So that's their input. Very true. Like, he just did not see... Netflix being successful, he was like, ah, like, fuck, whatever. That's not gonna happen. So Antico didn't fail because he wasn't smart or he wasn't capable, but he failed because he was scared to take a risk on a new way of doing business. And he also was just so comfortable with how Blockbuster was doing business, he blinded himself from, like, any other opportunities. So by the time he realized his company needed to adapt, it was too late, and he missed it. And Antico failed because he had his oh shit moment way too late and also because those fuckers didn't support him well and also just from like a leadership perspective is it not a little wishy-washy to be like oh i fucked up now we have to yeah now we have to band-aid this fuck up that i caused and you have to reconvince these people who were like we already backed you up the first time 
and it didn't work out. How? Why the hell would you want us to back you up now? You know? Yeah, he he kind of went back and forth. He like was definitely no about it at first, and then just flipped it all around. But basically, this story is to remind you not to miss your oh shit moment. You gotta know when it's there. Yeah. And also, don't get too comfortable that you're blind to new opportunities and new ways of doing stuff. Because we're living in a forever changing world and changing environment. Kind of like Whole Foods. Whole Foods is forever changing. If you were to look, you know, and this is what you call now a transitional piece. Wow. I know. Do you see how smooth that was? She's so smooth. I know. I fucked it up by bringing up how smooth it was. But. Yeah, it's derailed. It's pretty choppy. (laughs) Whatever. Now they know. Whole Whole Foods market goes back to 1980s, guys. 1980s, you guys. Crazy. <laughs> and this whole company was started out by a 25-year-old college dropout by name John Mackey and his one-year-old girlfriend slash friend, they never really defined anything, Aww. Renee Lawson Hardy. And originally this place wasn't called Whole Foods that you know it is today. It was actually called Safer way back in the day. But they, they live on a forever changing history of they know way that things could be better and these are the steps that they took to make it that, to make it that way. Quick side note, I worked for Whole Foods. What? Don't act like you didn't know. I I worked for them for two years, and they're constantly changing stuff. And then there's another company that you're going to mention that I also worked for. But I'll let you get to that. We'll get to that. But let's give a little bit backstory of why Whole Foods Market is actually... Like, it's in, like, the, uh fuck, what is that one magazine called? Like, Top 100 Businesses or whatever? Forbes. Is that Forbes? Forbes. Holy shit. Well, everything's Forbes to you. Whatever. But they consistently make, like, number 17 or 18 every year for, like, the past, like, 10 years. It's crazy. I love how you know the specific... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Specific number. You're not like top 20. You're like 17 or 18. Because I think the last year was like 18. I could be lying, though. I'm probably lying. She's full of shit. Well, I'm actually full of beer, and that's why I think I might be lying. So... Backtrack. It's 1980. 25-year-old John Mackey and his girly friend, <laughs> Renee Lawson, are opening up Safeway. They even get booted out of their apartment, right? Because they're trying yeah. to make ends meet. And they're storing all these, like, uh, food products in their apartment. And landlord's like, nah, bitch. Not about it. Uh, so they end up just being like, well, all of our money is going into the store, so... <laughs> Guess we're I guess here. we're gonna go into the store too, and then they start living there, and they even have to like take showers out of the Hobart dishwasher that they had, like that had an attached water hose. I mean, these guys were roughing it, and in order to make all this really happen, they had to borrow money from friends and family about forty five thousand dollars. Good amount, yeah, good. Like that, I don't know. Now I don't know who has friends and family who have about forty five thousand dollars to spare, but. I was about to say, I don't think anyone would lend me that much money. No. Hey, let's let's ask our family for podcast money. That's nope, not going to work. Nope, nope. <laughs> They'd be like, ha, nah. I will not do that. Anyways, I won't either. But ultimately, they were able to do it, and they got the money, and they had a staff of 19 people only for a year later of flood. Like, the biggest flood to hit 
Austin at the time, by the way, this is all coming out of Austin, Texas, that hit Austin at the time, the biggest flood, just completely destroys them. They have over $400,000 in damages. Everything is just said and done with. In that year time, they were able to build up so much rapport and loyalty amongst, like, the community, the, the community, their staff, even investors and vendors who started giving them breathing room to yeah. rebuild. They didn't have them have to like pay for stuff. So, with all that being said, they bounced back. They bounced back so hard they were able to expand Houston and Dallas and beyond. And eventually, they were able to go outside of Texas in uh, Esplanade Avenue in New Orleans, which I'm probably butchering the fuck out of that because that sounds incredibly. Well, foreign. you said New Orleans wrong, New Orleans. Okay, you know, Ireland. Claire's gonna hate me. <laughs> so, because they kept uh, saying yes to expansion and to changing mm-hmm. and to keeping up with competition, which didn't really exist right then and there, because I don't know if anybody else has grown up in Texas, but <laughs> healthy food and clean food is not a priority amongst our people. Or water. It's just not a thing. We have clean water. We talk about Ish. So, uh, and that labels them, as soon as they do that in New Orleans, they are now labeled as the largest outside customer of Texas Health Distributors, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. a big deal to you. It's not like they're, like, centerfold in, like, Playboy magazine, which is also <laughs> a big deal. But for, like, if you like, I don't know, iceberg lettuce that doesn't taste like sewage. Healthy stuff. Yeah. It's a huge deal. So... Whole Foods then starts saying yes to, like, partnerships and mergers such as, like, Bread and Circus, which is Natural Northeast Store, uh, Mrs. Gooch's, which is also, say it. Sidebar. This lady's name that founded Mrs. Gooch's is Sandy Gooch. It's Sally Goochie, bitch. No, it's Sandy. Is it Sandy? It's Sandy. Ah, damn it. That bitch got a Sandy Gooch. What? That's all I can think. You know, I wish I hadn't told you that. It's so funny. <laughs> yep. Mrs. Gooch's is a natural food store out in Los Angeles. <laughs> She's an established woman. She worked hard for her money. She worked hard for her Gooch. <laughs> she worked hard to put her name on that fucking store. But I'm going on. Fresh Fields is also <laughs> one of the mergers that they did, which was actually, Fresh Fields was doing well on their own up in the 90s. They had a very similar story to Safer Ways slash Whole Foods, but... Because they saw Whole Foods was kind of leading the way on this. They saw a bigger picture and said, hey, we'll get with you guys, too. Yeah. We really have the same common goal here. They partnered. They partnered. That, they collaborated. Yeah. Collaborated. <laughs> collaborated. Mm-hmm. She's from collaborated. the <laughs> <laughs> I collaborated. <laughs> and cooperated. Sorry. They did cooperate because... It ended up getting them. And then a lot of you know who actually are Whole Foods shoppers. The Lego Coffee is not actually Whole Foods brands. They absorbed that brand name between a pair of brothers who are come from a coffee tradition family. And they wanted to expand and show others by volume that yeah. quality of coffee is more than whether or not it goes with your 6.30 a.m. donuts. She's passionate about coffee. Yeah, you should just you, you should care what's going in your body. It's not that hard. Um, so John Mackey, by the way, that guy has a blog. You should check it out. It's actually really easy to find. You can just go to the Whole Foods website, which is pretty much where I got a lot of this information, besides watching a few interviews, which, uh, by the way, you should also check out the interview with Daybreaker be- featuring John Mackey. He has a cute little story about some little no-nos he did in order to get his company running. This bitch loves John Mackey. I do love John Mackey. He's kind of a little bit of an inspiration. He is a little millennial base though so watch this with caution because he speaks a lot to millennials and how he feels about them and some of the mistakes he feels they're making so but you know i won't get into all that but he goes over failure 
which is what he felt is the best way to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, you you look at a lot of, like, the, the head leaders in Whole Foods now, and they feel the same way. Well, and then sidebar, just any successful leader, companies in general, embraces failure. Well, he even embraces the fact that uh, at the time, whenever Whole Foods is really taking off, so this is about a... I want to say about 10 years ago, Whole Foods is really peaking, right? And uh, an animal activist comes towards him. It's not from PETA. It's from the other major company that I cannot remember, and I refuse to go look up right now. But she was <laughs> like, important. you're a very important man who's doing a very good thing. But you should know as somebody that's ahead of a company, you know zero about animal welfare. Yeah. And that caused him to read like 12 books, you guys, that summer on animal welfare alone, which led him to being like a vegan and all that sorts. Anyways, so because he's so successful, he's changing the way that the entire grocery network works. Competition starts. Oh, right? Yeah. Like you oh, have yeah. Trader Joe's, you have Sprouts, you have uh, you have Walmart creating their own organic line. By the way, that's gross. It is a little gross. It's, it's a lot. It gives me very sad feels. I'm pretty sure. Like, good to give people access to organic food, but also... I'm pretty sure a politician I don't quite care for used the expression, it's like putting lipstick on a pig. Aw. I know. Aww. It's awful, but this is the one of those things where I was like, okay, I kind of get what he's saying. Yeah. That's uh, not very good, but... Mm-mm. They're trying. Yeah. But there, we have competition, and you have places like Target, too, has who has... Oh, a, yeah. A, even wider net that they can cast because they have like the clothing and yeah they're a regular retail store and they're adding on to their super targets also their popcorn is delicious so whole foods now is put in a corner of like what do we do next how do we change for the better how can we profit enough to still keep working towards that change we want to see not just for our company but worldwide and then we meet a guy named jeff bezos which if you don't know who that is bezos is it bezos Bezos. I mean, I I worked for Amazon for a while, and I feel like I never said it right. Okay, but you ninety percent of the time you don't feel like you say anything right. So true. Jeff Bezazos. Bezazo. No, it's Yeoff Bezazo. Okay, we're done. Yeah. Jeff is starting to look at Whole Foods, right? And he sees money in there. I mean, like he's already had a little bit of failures. Uh, Amazon Fresh that didn't quite go well, or Amazon Pantry. These were projects that he wanted to make happen, but without a brick and mortar company. Yeah. He needed a partner. He, he needed, needed a partner. It was kind of like similar to Netflix going to Blockbuster and mm-hmm. being like, let's help each other out. Well, except Amazon has been well established for years Oh, now, yeah. And Netflix That's- was just taking off. But Jeff was able to see that Whole Foods could be sliding back a little bit if they don't have a new kind of like... Something just to give them the edge and keep them moving forward mm-hmm. and becoming more efficient. Now, this is this yeah. change is a struggle for a lot of people who are used to Whole Foods being a certain way, but th- there's got to be that understanding of, like, in order to keep going in the direction that they want to be going, they do have to shift around and do things at a company kind of, like, perspective. They have to be competitive. They have to be competitive in order to stay afloat. And yeah. for them to do that, they do need to make partnerships such as... Amazon. I mean, they're doing nothing, anything different than from, like, Mrs. Gooch's or Fresh Fields by partnering with these people. You said Gooch's. I I hate you. You love me. Amazon, who at the time has been wanting a brick-and-mortar store because of all those little previous failures, what I was saying, they, 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 as a data company who has all this information, wants to use Whole Foods that has all these resources, and they're willing to spend the most money they have ever spent 
Yeah. Which was like 13 to 14, like, million dollars. So you wrote or, down so many money dollars. I said money dollars. Yeah. It was a lot of many money dollars, and... A lot of many money money dollars. Oh, God. I can't even remember the exact amount, and I said millions. I feel like it's actually billions, but I could be lying. Uh, I think you're lying. I think it was millions. Was it millions? That's still a lot of many money dollars. <laughs> but oh. they spend that on a company that they knew will take off. It just needs... A little extra push and a little bit of change and Whole Foods being who they are and their morals had to say yes yeah. in order to keep it going. Because I mean while I was working at Whole Foods we were restructuring. There was layoffs. They were trying to become more competitive on their own but it just wasn't enough to give them that edge in retail. It's like the ping pong effect. You know how you have to pull the ping pong thingy back in order to shoot that ball forward? I, I That's not ping pong that's pinball oh my god it is pinball uh, okay but the same the, the, the same things applied it, it's <laughs> i love your analogies it's like you start but you don't know where you're going but you still get there i'm michael scott <laughs> oh my god oh. sometimes i just start a sentence and i don't know where it's gonna end Jeez. up it's pretty true <laughs> No, but that's exactly what happened there. So you did you see a lot of changes with Whole Foods. You see that they're they're doing some layoffs, which happened like two or three years ago. I yeah, think. like three years ago. Which was I mean that was devastating for a lot of people who have been investing for years into Amazon, um, Whole Foods. Oh yeah, Whole Foods. Sorry, we can do a lot of talking I got here. You. Thank you. But okay, moral of the story, you guys, is that if Whole Foods never said yes to Amazon or any of the merging and absorbing absorbing. <laughs> Absorption of like not, other companies. Yeah, well, I would call it an absorption because you don't really hear those names anymore. They now classify as uh, Whole Foods. Merger. Like, even like Safer Way, which is the original Whole Foods, is no longer Safer Way. No, true. It's Whole Foods. They just kept evolving. They were were able to see I need to change, and they kept on. They changing. knew in order to reach their ultimate goal, which is a clean and organic and fresh way of eating and introducing knowledge into the food you eat they had to adapt they had to adapt to the world around them which is like a faster growing world and also a variety so so moral of both of those stories whole foods is your fight out of the fight or flight and then blockbuster chose flight they were like Peace out, Girl Scout. We're not taking no chances. What we got is good and doesn't need to change. That's what every girl thinks right before they get left. Or vice versa. Boys do it too. They're like, I'm hot shit. She's never going to leave me. But you have to change. You have to make these these hard sacrifices in order to kind of meet the common goal of the bigger picture. Yeah, of, I mean, I feel like if you look back five years ago and you're like, wow, I'm the same person... You're in some trouble. Yeah, you want to look back and be like, look at that. Look look how, what a mess she's making. <laughs> and look where I am now. Okay, but the point is, like, take calculated risk, you guys. Overcome these challenges. In the end, you do win out. I mean, it's always going to be hard. There's always going to be, like, resistance to change. It can be coming from you or the people around you. It does not matter. It What matters is that you still reach your goal and you do it in a way that, doesn't necessarily take away from your own morals but you just keep adding to it and be open to change don't be like antiaco however his name is whatever his name is don't be like that guy and be closed off and be like my way is the way be like oh maybe i should listen to this guy you want a yes Netflix dude yeah you want a yes and 
uh, philosophy, I think, which is like, don't say no to every idea, but say yes, but let me, like, not yes, but, but yes, and, like, yes, that yeah. could work. What yeah. if we added this in? It should be the yes, but, yes, but. Yes, but how can we meet yeah. halfway? No, yeah, I think it's, you gotta have a yes, but. You gotta put your butt in. Yeah, which I know, like, hopefully doesn't really have a fail out of this necessarily no but I they mean, had the potential to fail because they were struggling for so long to get their footing in this retail market and hold on to that they they needed to grab onto amazon which is way more metric and part of the reason why me and may do these do this podcast is to show you that there's a, always a contrast to a fail like yes if you failed and you messed up and you fucked up it happens to everybody. It happens to big people. It happens to small people. But there's also people out there who started so small and dirt poor and taking showers in a fucking dishwasher and grew and made their way by saying yes. And these are the reasons, these are the kind of like the pillars of why we want to do this. Yeah, we want to show you both sides of the coin. We want to show you different perspectives. We want to share stories of not only people, but also situations and companies and all that stuff to kind of just not tell you this is what you should do but say look at what happened take what you will and learn a lesson that being said if you like us please check out our instagram facebook a snapchat at fragile freaks podcast and you can also email or call us you can email us at fragile freaks podcast at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail at 614-918- seven five seven zero and maybe get featured on the show like i said we really want to hear back from you guys it would be nice other than like may's dad to let us know how he thinks we're doing which he thinks we're great but check us out on spreaker or stitcher Mm -hmm. that's where we're at right now um still crossing our fingers for spotify and itunes we'll get there yeah. yeah, but we need you to help us get there yeah. by giving us a little bit of review and report on how you think we're doing. So, exactly. Whatever platform you're listening to us on, please rate and review. Leave us comments. Anything you're willing to give us some time on. Awesome. Well, until next week, guys, that's about it. Yeah. insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.